0: This the,
1: Cowboys will go to the Super Bowl is the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Tony Dorsett has scored his first touchdown as a pro. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Tony Hill, touchdown! you by geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance mahindra find your nearest mahindra dealer at texasmahindradealers.com and by swbc mortgage you support your team we support your family your business we support you now your hosts mickey spagnola and bill jones
2: it is 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco, and that means it is time for the Cowboys Legend Show, and it is a Halloween night, and uh, for all of you out there in the Halloween traffic nightmare that is Dallas-Fort Worth right now, hello and welcome to the Cowboys <laughs> Legend Show. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola. and Mickey It took me two hours and twenty minutes in this traffic to get from East Fort Worth all the way here to Frisco. I feel
3: your pain, and I guess it won't I won't say it just
2: took me thirty seconds to walk up the stairs. Yeah, that's right. You're since you office right here at the Star in Frisco. We've got a great legend show for you tonight because we have in the house, in fact, just arriving in the house is the one and
0: only the great Drew Pearson. All Hello, right. Drew. Hello, guys. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me, and happy Halloween, everybody. Glad all you right. were able to make your way here. Yeah, uh, you guys uh, booked me tonight because you know I'm old enough that <laughs> Halloween doesn't mean that much anymore to me or my kids. <laughs> it's all good. Maybe <laughs> Thank grandkids. Thanks for, thanks for having me. The grandkids, uh, you know, my kids got them <laughs> covered <cupboard>, so <laughs> that's right it's that's all good every day is a holiday for them anyway so that's, that's, <laughs> that's right pop around
2: <laughs> and we've got Danny Sarek with the wireless microphone here as well hello Danny I got Danny you are, you are on hi guys how are yes. you tonight Doing
1: well, thanks. and for
2: those in attendance here at Cowboys Club if uh, you have a question for Drew Pearson Danny's got the wireless microphone we'll open it up for questions from all of you and uh, there's so much to get to as we go down memory lane with Drew Pearson over the course of the next hour. But uh, Mickey, about we start things off talking about this current edition of yeah, the Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. And I got back to work today after a five-day break. Officially, you got buys, didn't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> bye weeks. Well, we had our bye week was after Thanksgiving. We had a little extra time after uh, that's that. That's right. You, right. But we never – even if we did, Coach Landry would never give us that many days off consecutively. Right. He would give us the off days, but he would break it up so that uh, we wouldn't go out of town or do anything like go to a Dodger game or something like that. (laughs) So so, uh, he kind of did it a little different. And the thing about that back then, we didn't have no money to go anywhere. Right. (laughs) You know, we just uh, stayed at home and uh, with that extra time. And got ready for the next game.
2: Actually, now it's part of the CBA, right? Yes, yeah, so they uh, got uh, four consecutive, four days consecutive, off. and because the Cowboys are playing on a Monday night, they got a fifth consecutive day off this this week. Although we were out here on on Monday,
3: and uh, the parking lot did have the players' parking lot did was about half full with cars. Mm-hmm. So so maybe Coach Landry or Bill Parcells learned from Coach Landry because before it got in the CBA, and they had the buy. He would not tell the players <laughs> what the schedule was. And, oh, on, okay. and then on Friday, yeah. they would practice, right? Yeah. And then he would tell them, okay, we're not practicing on Saturday. So if you wanted to leave town and go back to the old school, and get yourself in trouble, you had to pay a full fare, airfare. To, to fly out. Oh, so he a, would discourage yeah. them from I from, from, from he, leaving. Played, he
0: played the game that way. Yes. That's, <laughs> right. and, uh, that's probably surprised. why they
3: changed them, <laughs> they put a rule in, in the CBA.
0: Right, right. And the CBA, you know, in negotiating that, you know. Uh, the owners are willing to give that up to right. the players. Yeah, that's, you know, nothing I to mean, that's nothing. to them. If it's know? not money, they, they <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. go ahead.
3: Yeah. <laughs> have a good time. You don't want to <laughs> practice. Okay, no right. pads. Okay, yeah, fine. That's all
0: good, you know. But uh, if you get hurt, we're going to replace you. We're going to. The game will go on. <laughs> right? So that's how it is in the NFL nowadays. But so,
3: uh, what are your thoughts on this team coming out of the bye? They're three and four and have struggled uh, mightily offensively.
0: Yeah, they really have, and uh, but they're not that bad, you know. Everybody's really uh, da- dogging the offense a little bit. There's some things they needed to correct, and I think in this time that they, the extra time that they had, I think they made some good adjustments. Number one, bringing in Amari Cooper uh, to help the passing game and stretch the defense a little, uh, and uh, maybe get that tenth man, ninth man out of the box, so that we can run the football a little more effectively. Uh, and then the uh, the this, this, the situation with the offensive line, making that switch there, as far as the uh, Paul Alexander, the offensive line coach. And I listened to Nate Newton uh, coming over here, and he made some great points of what they are used to doing as compared mm-hmm. to what Alexander was trying to teach. And I don't know why a guy would come in and try to change, change, yeah. and implement your philosophies into an offensive line that has been sec- successful doing it another way. And so sometimes the coach has to make the adjustment and not the player.
2: And, in fact, I did a TV show with Nate this morning, and uh, and Daryl Johnston was on the show too and Rick Goslin, and they were both reacted the same way that you did yeah. with Nate's comments. And basically what he is saying, he's talking about in pass protection, Paul Alexander is teaching a catch technique mm. as opposed to to a punch technique, which they're all accustomed to. Punch is engaging your, the, the pass rusher, and it, and as, as Daryl said after hearing that, he, said, he put it great, and with all of the stunts and, and so forth, it throws you off if if you're not accustomed
0: to the technique or, or not proficient at the technique and, that they're trying to thinking, teach you. you're thinking yeah. instead of reacting. Right. You know, uh, my roommate was Harvey Martin, you know, right. so – even when we played home games, we still had to stay in the hotel. Regal Road, a Holiday Inn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big timers, oh huh? My God. <laughs> Holiday Inn. But anyway, Harvey would, you know, in in talking to him and before a game, he would hope that that offensive tackle was taking a step back and trying to catch him because his speed and quickness. By the time he got to him, you know, he's gonna. He's really close to the quarterback number, closer to the quarterback number one, and then he used that hand slap or whatever to get to the quarterback. And so he didn't necessarily like the offensive linemen that attacked him initially because he didn't weigh that much. That slowed him down. But the ones that set back and waited for him to come to to them, uh, he had a little more success with those kind of uh, offensive tackles. So. Hopefully this new implementation into the uh, offensive line and getting back to the basics of what made them successful will help the offense as and, well. Uh, you and know, and it's Mark, a funny Mark, thing when you
3: talked about the punch. Mm-hmm. You know, in last year, uh, the first half of the season, Lale Collins was playing right tackle or tackle position for the first time since college in 2014, and they had him on the right side. And one of the things Nate noticed right away in training camp was – Lael Collins is left-handed, and he's playing on the right side, and he's used mm. to punching with his left hand. That doesn't help you. you got to have your right hand out there to keep yeah. the guy from getting around you. And it took him about a half a year, and then he started coming on – and then it looked like this year so far he regressed. He wasn't he, – he, he he didn't make progress. And so a lot of it might have had to do with the different technique, technique yeah. of, of pass blocking. Yeah.
2: And uh, So Mark Colombo has been promoted from assistant offensive line coach to the uh, offensive line coach. And Hudson How comes out of retirement. Uh, he was in Palm Springs, California at his home and uh, comes out of retirement. And and a guy like Tyron Smith, well – HUD had everything to do with the Cowboys drafting Tyron Smith out of USC back in 2011. He was the offensive line coach back then. Mm -hmm. He was Mark Colombo's offensive line coach for a time here in uh, Dallas as well. And so to have him hired on as a senior assistant as jason garrett put it to me today senior assistant uh, not consultant
3: him, or, not, adv- or advisor, advisor advisor
2: which the press release said advisor but well, let uh, me go change
3: my column because I, I, I jason jason
2: described, described him as a senior assistant so
3: we write that down he's well, going to be guess
0: he gets a little more money with that, that maybe so that's right as that's to that's exactly consultant. right yeah yeah so, so well.
3: senior <laughs> as in you you're you're the top assistant or you're an old assistant <laughs> it doesn't have to be in a senior, right? That's we right. all oh, now, Drew and I know what it's like to be a senior. Oh, I'm
0: a senior, all right. Yeah, hood, hood, t- hey, there's and, some. And proud of it. There's there's, there's some benefits. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> At the IHOP, man. Yeah. I, get, I, get, I get that senior discount. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just got to get there early, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so and, and so. Hudson
2: Hawk, by the way, 75 years old.
3: So he? yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, talking to Tyron Smith today in the locker room, it was very short, but he he said it was good to have an old coach back, uh, and that Hud meant a lot to him in his rookie year and really helped him out. Uh, Somebody asked uh, Tyron if the the offensive lineman or if you guys felt responsible for the guy getting fired, Mm. and he said, no, it's nobody's fault, nobody's in control of that, we just can control what we control, and I thought it was an interesting answer. Uh, it wasn't like, yeah, our bad. We just didn't play well, you know. And it was like, uh, not our fault. And so, kind of an interesting. Sounds uh, interesting like a nice answer. way of
0: saying that he's probably glad. Uh, <laughs> That's the way I interpreted. We're, I interpret we're, we're it. making an adjustment here. That's what <laughs> the way I interpreted. You know, in, in that Hudson Hawk technique of
2: coaching offensive line football. Um, he was with the Cowboys starting in 1993, from '93 mm. through one USC prior to that, and, and it, it, it's it been in the Cowboys' DNA in the offensive line basically for 25 years, if not more
3: than that, uh, that type of uh, approach to offensive line play. And the funny thing was, so I got a hold of HUD after I found took the job, and he, and he lives on a golf course just outside Palm Springs. It's a, it's a, a wedge shot from his patio to the uh. fairway, <laughs> And uh, on the other side of the fairways, uh, like a, a mountain range. Mm. And, and I said, "Hud, what are you thinking about? Know, you're going to leave all that to get
0: back in this? I know. That's amazing. At 75, too. Uh, I mean, after you put in 40 years, can I guess you imagine he know coaching? What, 40 what years? retirement is all about? I don't think just, <laughs> just, you know, he's probably dying, you know, with an, uh, an, 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 an anxieties to get back to the game or right. contribute some kind of way. And uh, this is a perfect deal for him. Yeah, well, the other welcome way, back, Hudson. Yeah, the other
2: way to look at it, it's got nine games left in the season. Yeah. And so
0: you get nice back into deal. it for
2: nine weeks or if they – fortunate enough to make the playoffs a little bit more than that i'm and surprised if he's if not up here right now
0: if, if you don't retire at 75 though when will you retire yeah. <laughs> i don't think ever <laughs> well i think
3: he had done it so, so the last year he coached for the cowboys was 2011 i think it was which was tyron's, tyron's rookie, rookie, year. rookie year and right? then callahan he retired after the next that? year yeah. yeah yeah okay and, and uh he's following dave campos path campo got hired as a Senior assistant at Southern Cal Oh, okay. uh, with Clancy Pendergrass. It was his guy here, Mm -hmm. and Clancy's the defensive coordinator. And they told Camps, yeah, come on back. You can help out. We'll put you up in the hotel. It's a couple blocks away from the campus. And we'll have one of the assistant managers come over in a golf cart, pick you up. You don't need a car, and we're going to pay
0: you. Wow, nice deal. Huh? I wish somebody give me that uh, <laughs> kind of deal, just to come out and hang out with the receivers and make sure they dress right and act right and say the right thing. So w- you you mentioned and run right, pass right, routes. You <laughs> mentioned Amari Cooper.
3: Your yeah. your thoughts on him? How familiar may, might you be with the first couple years of his career?
0: Yeah, he was uh, pretty uh, effective the first couple years. Uh, a lot of catches, a lot of yards. Uh, but the thing you didn't, the thing that sticks out to me, he didn't get in the end zone very often i think uh rookie year six touchdowns i think maybe? six and five his five, first two yeah. years so you know that's those are nice numbers i'll take those in some <laughs> of the years i had but you know in today's game and what we let go in des you know we're used to maybe that key guy having double digit tds you know are you are you going to be like julio jones where you make a lot of catches and not get in the end zone or are you going to be that kind of receiver but his presence there alone will make a difference, there's no question, because he is that game-breaker. He is a deep threat. And with that, you take one at least one guy out of the box, and you got to be a little concerned about maybe doubling him, and uh, that will take a little pressure off the running game and maybe open up some other things in the passing game. So I think it's a good move for the Cowboys. What surprised me with all these trades going down, remember draft picks used to be a commodity? Yeah. Nobody would make a trade. You know, because they didn't want to give up the draft picks, especially number one draft picks. and uh, But then you see Demarius Thomas go to the Texans. You see uh, Golden Tate go to the Eagles, and that was the thing that said, oh, no, not Golden gotta Tate. Got to face him to two more Eagles. times. Because <laughs> I got a lot of respect for that dude. He's a good receiver, tough receiver, runs great routes, uh, he can run the ball. He blocks. He's a team leader. Burned he's, the Cowboys a month ago a couple he, of times. And the uh, <laughs> Cowboys know him very well, and they get to see him again two times. <laughs> two more times. So uh, that was a big trade. So, But then these trades started happening. And, all, and then you say all these receivers were available. Uh, and the Cowboys, I think, got the best of the bunch. I think Golden, Tate might be second, and Marius Thomas third after that in the pecking order. But – we gave up a lot for that, yeah. so he's going to have to prove that he's worthy of that, and I think this new start for him, new beginning for him, will make a big difference. Didn't he go to school in Texas? Isn't he from? Where did he go to college? Go to Tate?
2: In Notre Dame. No,
0: I mean uh, – Oh, Cooper. Cooper. Oh, Cooper. Cooper's
2: Alabama. Alabama. Alabama that's yeah. right. That's
0: yeah. right. How could we and forget that? And uh, he's from
2: Miami, Northwestern High School in uh, oh, yeah. Miami. He was uh, Teddy Bridgewater's primary receiver. How did you, receiver. you miss him, man? Uh, you, no, I no know. Kid. That's right. All right, we continue with Drew Pearson. We'll get more into these wide receivers coming up when the Cowboys Legends Show continues in a moment.
1: SWBC Mortgage, Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco.
2: SWBC Mortgage. For more than 40 years, SWBC has been helping people, companies, and financial institutions prepare to win in Texas and across the country. Visit SWBC.com to learn more. This is the Cowboys Legends Show. We are at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and the great drew pearson is our legends guest tonight we're talking about wide receivers in this league and of course the cowboys making the move to get amari cooper and then yesterday golden tate goes from the lions to the eagles for a third round draft pick Demarius thomas went from the broncos to the texans for a fourth rounder earlier about a month ago it was josh gordon going from the Browns to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. You know, the difference, uh, as far as Amari Cooper goes, is his age, Drew. He's only yeah. 24. Wow. Uh, Golden Tate, I believe, is 30. Demarius Thomas turns 31 in December. Uh, and, and Josh Gordon, of course, he's 28, and he's had five suspensions in his uh, career. So the compensation five. is is wow. different when uh, you're looking at the age. of. But I was listening on uh, Sirius NFL Radio last night, Hall of Fame GM, former GM. Bill Polian was on there, and he was talking specifically about the Cowboys giving up a first-round pick. And what you're talking about draft picks and how mm-hmm. okay they hold on to these draft picks yeah. like it's gold. And Polian was like, you know what? If you're in this position that the Cowboys are in right now, he's got no problem at all giving up a first-round draft pick in this in this case. At that, and he had the stats on first-round picks and how many of them make it, what percentage make it. And it's under fifty percent actually <laughs> make it in the league. Wow. And there's some fail uh abysmally and uh, you know and so he had no problem with it
0: well and also um with that pick you know he's 24 okay i think that that would make makes a difference uh in in giving that that up but uh how old were you when you came out <laughs> i was uh i guess 22 oh yeah. youngster youngster uh but he's already played uh four years in this the is, league. This, and and half. this yeah, is his
3: so, fourth, yeah.
0: You know, he's got a, a lot of years under his belt for still being only twenty four. Lot of lot of games, let me put it like that. But uh, I think it I think it's a good move for the Cowboys and you know, those draft picks as we know, they're commodities and stuff and you when you do draft somebody you expect them to play, but they always don't turn out that way. And I also understand that we had to do what we had to do to get this guy if we really wanted them because the Philadelphia Eagles exactly were going after him. I understand with a second round pick. So they hold out a little longer and they get the first round pick and he goes to the Cowboys. I don't think Oakland cared where he's going, as long as he wasn't in the AFC. Right. You know, remember back in the day with Gil Brandt, they would never <laughs> send anybody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trade anybody to the same conference or definitely not the same division That's or anything right. like that. But so I think uh, Gruden and that crew over there, what's that? Uh, Reggie McKenzie. Yes, mm-hmm. we're talking about. You know, if we're going to get rid of this guy. We make sure we get what we as much we can for him, but also don't have him come back and haunt us. So we're sitting here with egg on our face, uh, and we still have to might have to play against him two times this season through the rest of the season. So uh, I think the Cowboys did what they had to do because of the other teams were interested in him. As I said before, I think he they got the best one that's available. The question I have, and scratching my head, is where does Des Bryant fit in no into any of this, or to you know, anybody, all, right? Any, all these receivers are moving. Even the Patriots took Josh Gordon. You mentioned five times, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he got five offenses and uh, against him, and they still took him over. Des. And, and so that's my head-scratcher and my concern. See, right I thought there.
2: the Texans might be interested. Just, I mean, Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant are the same age. They both came into the league in yeah. the same draft. Same contracts. Exactly.
3: Hmm. Right. Yeah, that, that would – Well, that, now – Same, Des, n- I same mean, number. Yeah, right. Same number. Des, 88. Des being <laughs> a free agent, they wouldn't same have to Same number, 88. 88. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <Yeah>. – um, <laughs> The, the fact that now you, you, you get a new receiver seven games into the season, how difficult is the transition of getting him up to speed with what you're doing from what was going on in Oakland?
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a little transition. you got to uh, uh, take it head on. <clears throat> Excuse me. The blessing was the fact that they had the extra time. Uh, even though, you know, they had time off, I'm sure some of the guys still, if they're smart, they still got together with Cooper. Uh, Well, and and worked out with, I don't know what they can do or what they're limited to do in that situation. But if I'm the receiver, that's what I would want, you know, and Dak, you know, Dak's that kind of guy. He's not looking to go on vacation. He wants to continue and improve and and do what you got to do. But the basics is uh, learn the basics of the terminology and then the basics of the route tree and the basics of that position. Now that they expect him to play, and then you uh, kind of build from there.
3: So when you've played for a while, three and a half seasons, it, is that a lot easier to to switch with the route tree and, and how you want to – that this team wants to run its routes?
0: You know, the route tree shouldn't be that much of adjustment, just the terminology, you know. Uh, especially, you know, back in the day, if we had a guy come in to be of a trade with Coach Landry, you know, uh, you, all your life – you're taught that the even holes are to the right and the odd holes are to the left. Well, with Coach Landry, it was completely opposite. (laughs) And even when I came in as a rookie, it took me a while to get adjusted to that. So if you have those kind of uh, situations in your offense where the terminology is different and way different from maybe what you're used to, uh, that might make a difference. But I see so many offenses in the NFL being really the same. Everybody's pretty much running the same thing. Uh, uh, so only difference might be the terminology and getting those plays called. And once you learn that, and the tree, the route tree is the same. You know, you got nine routes that you can only run. You know, you might run counters off of that and might be in motion and run your routes or, or something like that. And they might flip it and put him in the slot and maybe Cole Beasley on the outside, do those kind of things to create some indecision in the defense. And now he might be running that deep route on a safety instead of a, a cornerback when you, when you do those kind of things. So anyway, he's had enough time. He not had, I think another enough blackboard time, enough studying time to be able to grasp that. You know, football terminology is not rocket science, okay? I said we, that the uh, other uh, day. <laughs> we don't have to make it too <laughs> it's complicated. like we're not splitting know? the atom here, right? <laughs> and when the push comes to shove, it's like Roger told me on the Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, run a turn-in takeoff, okay? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just
2: go deep, <laughs> go right? Go deep,
0: you know. So
3: so they got kind of lucky on Thursday. Uh, Sanjay Lyle, the wide receiver coach, told yeah. me that uh, I said, so will you be able to get together with him? He goes, well, funny story is Amari's going back to the Bay Area to get his stuff and get everything organized to make a, mm. you know, a long move. Yeah. And he goes, and I had already had plans to go visit my mom in the the Bay Area. And he goes, I bet we're going to spend three days together. Nice. So when I ran into him today, I said, so did you hook up? He goes, for three days. Nice. I go, just kind of. Doing, you know, mental work, trying to figure out. He goes, oh, no. He goes, we found a field, and we went out on the field. And I kind of showed him the runs that how we, our steps are and our routes. And he goes, he was very receptive. He was picking it up. I said, well who played quarterback? He goes, mm. I did. <laughs> and, and so they got together well, that's over, good. That's over good. the weekend. So that's good. Glad uh, to hear that. Dude. So uh, that's a sacrifice
0: he, on Lau's part. Right. But you know going to visit his mom but at, gave up at some. At the same time. time, that's his job. And too, and, so. and
3: felt like he really picked things up and I said, So he's ready to go? He goes, As far as I'm concerned, he's ready to go. So now he'll actually get a practice with pads on, because what they did last week was basically a mini-camp practice. Yeah,
0: so they hit the field today, right? Tomorrow. The par- tomorrow? They didn't even hit it <laughs> today.
3: It's, it's a Monday night game. <laughs> When's the last
0: time they played? Jeez. <laughs> Danny <laughs> over there is well, that's poised. Too much, that's too much time off for me, man. <laughs> Let's I might, see, Friday, I might Saturday, Saturday get Sunday, shape, Monday, that, that period Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. They had five
3: days off, then they reported that they had a 1 o'clock team meeting today. And then a walkthrough. Wow. Right. And that was it. Right. And then yeah. they had a, I right. think they had an NFL PA
0: meeting.
2: And then starting Monday, they've got four games in the span of 18 days. Wow. So five they, games in 25 days. So so maybe they needed that. They time better rest up. Yeah. 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 All right, Danny, we're up against the break, but let's get a question in and maybe we'll answer it after the break. But go ahead, Danny. Well, I know you're going to find this surprising, but tonight's first question comes from our friend Drisco from Frisco. Way to
3: go, Driscoll. Yeah, uh, got in there again. Hey, uh, so you played quarterback at Tulsa. And then you became a receiver. Yes. And then you weren't drafted. The stats you had weren't
0: real great in college. They were good. <laughs> but, you know. They went, weren't good. <laughs> I was trying to be 55 nice. Fifty-five catches in two seasons. No, yeah. you get lonely out there. But, yeah. uh,
3: and then you went to the Cowboys. I had two questions. Uh, what was the number, who was their first draft pick that year? And second, whose place did you basically take as a, as the wide receiver for the Cowboys?
0: And, um, yeah. The number one pick that year was Billy Joe Dupree. Michigan, from Michigan State. State. tight end. We needed a tight end. <coughs> Excuse me. Mike Dicker had just retired. Billy Truax had retired. I think we eventually brought him back once we had some injuries there at tight end. So, the Cowboys needed a tight end, and they went and got Billy Joe. And Billy Joe and I came in together. He came in as number one draft pick, and uh, I came in as an undrafted free agent. And we hit it off right away, and thank God for that because he was inviting me over for dinner all the time. I had <laughs> <laughs> he had number one pick money. I not have no I had free agent money, hundred fifty dollars signing bonus. Can you believe that? Wow, hundred fifty dollars. Tell, tell
3: him what you did with your hundred fifty dollars.
0: Well, I uh, had. Or a what p- you at least told your? Well, my, I told my wife or ex-wife now. <laughs> <laughs> probably we, why. That we only got $75. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called the boy. Well, he didn't call nobody. He just round them up, and then we had a party in the dorm with the other 75. <laughs> and the Boone's Farm was flowing, baby. <laughs> 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 what was the other question?
3: Uh, the other question was, so uh, whose place did you take?
0: Oh, yeah. When yeah. You got well, they also drafted uh, Golden Richards in the second round. And then Harvey Martin in third round that year. And all three of those guys made it. And the guy they wanted to groom really was Golden Richards. But they were grooming him to replace the great Bob Hayes on that side, the split end in Coach Landry's offense. So, uh, uh, ended up making the team. But what was the other question? So, did, did, you, did you start right away? Oh, no. I, I was uh, running back kicks. I was running punts back. I was covering kicks. Uh, and soon as the, uh, opponents knew that I was the end man on the kickoff coverage, here comes the wedge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here comes the wedge. And we're playing the Redskins on Monday night football on RFK. And my only job, I'm a rookie. I'm like, whoa, this is like amazing. This is my fourth or fifth game in the NFL, but nothing was like this. And, uh... Uh, Calvin Hill got knocked down, and he started to get up and come back to the bench, and he fell out. He had blood dripping down the side of his face. This is the game where they stopped Walt Garrison on the one-yard line, Uh uh, Kenny Houston, and it was a very physical game. So anyway, they're running. uh, We kicked off to them. They're running the return right at me, Herb Mulkey, the return guy, specialist. And my philosophy was back in the day, was live to play another day, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I'm not going to bust the wedge, but I went around the wedge and yanked the, the horse collar on Mokey and yanked him down, made the tackle and everything. Boy, next day in the in the films, Coach Landry got on me, and I was off that team in a split <laughs> second. <laughs> you don't run around the wedge; you bust that wedge. I say, Coach, I'm 170 pounds.
1: <laughs> they
0: don't. They won't even uh, know me if I bust b- uh, uh bust <laughs> the wedge. But anyway. Uh, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got hit on that play, too. The <laughs> upside the head. All right, we're going to figure out the rest figure of that question,
2: out. and we'll be back with Drew Pearson here on the Cowboys Legends Show in a moment. Back, back, oh,
1: back. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Oh, big bills Midnight. To the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco.
2: Fans United, where you can find game day gear for every Cowboys fan. Visit shopfansunited.com to find a location near you. This is the Cowboys Legends show from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola. And the great Drew Pearson in the house. Drew Pearson in 1973, undrafted pre-agent out out of Tulsa University. And, Drew, you mentioned the first-round pick in 73 was Billy Joe Dupree, the tight end of Michigan State. Golden Richards was a wide receiver, second-round pick. Harvey Martin, the third-round pick. Do you remember who the fourth-round pick (laughs) was that year? Absolutely. Could it be
0: uh, Bruce Walton? Okay. Hold on. Hold on here. Bill Walton's brother from UCLA. You know what? Am I right? I've oh, got, he, he might have been I've a better. I've got a teammate
2: might, of yours from Tulsa. Jeez.
0: According to this, Drain Scribner. Oh, yeah, you're right. Drain. <laughs> he never. Who I've he, never heard of. Yeah, he played defensive back. Great athlete, uh, was a little soft, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, but a tremendous athlete and Cowboys. But, but he
2: was a fourth-round pick, and you went undrafted.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> – <laughs> and the thing is, he uh, ended up having a regular heartbeat and mm. never passed his physical, never never played. Really? And Bruce Walton, uh, by the way, was the fifth round fifth pick. Fifth round. Yeah. Fifth round. He ended up making a team, Bruce Walton. Yes, he did. Yeah, he yes. played uh, a couple years there. But Drain Scrivener. Wow. Yeah, there That's you go. So He's from Male High School in, in Louisville? Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, wow. sir.
2: All right. Uh Danny Sarek with the wireless microphone. Danny, Danny, Danny. Drew, this next question for you comes from Brian Sarek from <laughs>
0: Plano.
1: Really? Well, wow. It, are you related? It's
2: amazing that we have two Sareks
0: in the house. Quite a coincidence. Yes, it's Halloween. Okay?
2: <laughs> so I'm going to take you down memory lane for a minute to one of the greatest games in cowboy history. Tell me what you guys were thinking in the huddle when Stahlbach goes down and Clint Longley has to find his helmet and come in the game.
0: (laughs) Well, we were thinking uh, we might be in trouble. (laughs) Thanksgiving (laughs) Day. We might be in trouble. We had no no, uh, idea what Clint could do, okay? You know, he did some great things in practice, and he could throw the ball through a beautiful deep pass and uh, just an easy ball to catch. Uh, But we knew coming out of Abilene Christian, you know, he would lighten it up. He was uh, 60-some touchdowns or something like that in his career at Abilene. Uh, Wilbur Montgomery, Johnny Perkins, he was throwing that ball to. So we knew he could throw the ball, and he had proven that in practice. But when you get in a situation like that on Thanksgiving Day against the Redskins, you never know what that rookie, what to expect from that rookie. But we were two touchdowns down. He took the first touchdown pass to Billy Joe Dupree over the middle. Uh, And that got us one touchdown, and we got a big stop. We get back in the huddle. We have uh, hardly no timeouts, and uh, we got bogged down a little, and we got to, I guess, a third-down situation. And I told Clint that I need to line me up on the left side and run me on a turn-in takeoff. And uh, he said, fine, run it. And he told Billy Joe to run a crossing route, and uh, Golden Richards to run a post pattern down the other side. And uh, he was going to me all the way. We got the perfect coverage. We got the bracket coverage. I came off the line and widened Mike Bass, the cornerback, out. Now I'm on Kenny Stone, who's a safety. And I said, "Ain't no safety can cover me. <laughs> 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 so I gave him that inside move, which was even at that time, it only my second year in the league, that was still our, my bread-and-butter route going into that zone in that middle of the field to make that tough catch. So I gave him that. Kenny Stone bit on it, took it right behind him. When I looked back, that ball was coming, and I could count the revolutions. <laughs> it was just a pretty pass, and uh, I caught it in the end zone. I didn't think it was a big deal that I caught it. As accurate as that pass was, Stevie Wonder probably could have caught it. <laughs> of course, you know I showed him where the end zone was. But <laughs> anyway, I caught it, and uh, that was the touchdown. I I ran into George Allen that summer because mm. we had Coach Landry uh, had a special day for him, and we played a little charity football game and all that. There, were all the Redskins were in town, and George Allen said one of the biggest mistakes in, I made in my career as a coach was not telling my defensive coach what the play in that situation. He said, we wanted, what well, I wanted them to bump you at the line and have the safety cover up deep and have that cornerback run with you to take all the underneath stuff away. And so they played that bracket coverage and that was the perfect coverage for the play that I called back then. <laughs> and uh, so we were able to hit that for a touchdown because we got that coverage and George Allen, God rest his soul, You know, he said before he passed that was the uh, uh, worst decision he'd made in a big game like that, going with that particular coverage as opposed to the other form of double coverage that – He wanted them to play.
2: And the Cowboys were down 23-17 at the time. I think about 28 seconds left in the game. And that that was the triumph of the uncluttered mind, as
0: Blaine (laughs) Nye put it, describing Clint Longley. Did Longley think he was at top of the world then? Yeah, Clint was, uh, you know, he was pretty arrogant anyway, you know, (laughs) coming in. And – you know, that just got him going. He did some crazy things in the dorm and tr- in uh, Thousand Oaks. You know, we're laying in bed eleven, twelve o'clock at night, whatever it was. Yeah, boom, boom. You know, he's down there shooting rattlesnakes, snakes, and all that. And then we would take a break when we got back to Dallas. You know, we had meetings from 10 to 1130. You didn't have to be back to 1 o'clock unless you were on special teams. And you know what he used to do? He used to go. Drive the loop, 635, to see how fast he could get around it and make it back in time. Just so that he wouldn't be there hanging around Roger, and later we brought in Danny White, and he felt the pressure of those two guys because they're pretty much the same. Clinton was pretty much a, a rebel. So uh, just to let you know, so when he's talking about
3: training camp, it was in Thousand Oaks at Kalou. Yeah. And uh, we went back there a couple of years ago, Nate and I, and we did a little deal the old training camp. Mm-hmm. The signs are still up. Beware of rattlesnakes
0: <laughs> out there by the practice fields. Well, we had our protector in Clint. He was, <laughs> he was blowing them away. And, uh, let me tell you something. If this brother ever saw a rattlesnake, <laughs> I would have hightailed it all the way back to Dallas. Not a, not a lot of rattlesnakes in New Jersey? No, no. We had a concrete jungle, baby. <laughs> I, uh, we had rats but no snakes.
2: <laughs> I actually made a trip uh, on the, when I was out in Oxnard. We made a trip over to Thousand Oaks this year. Nice. And guess who is training there during the regular season now? Who? The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, are they? Yeah. They're permanent. I mean, their temporary permanent home during the regular season is in Thousand Oaks. It's the backside, and it's it's built up very nicely. They got a great athletic complex there now. Mm, yeah, football's big football stadium is right where the practice field used to be, and they've got a big gymnasium nice. and everything. Behind all of that, it looks like a prison back there. Mm-hmm. Is where the Los Angeles Rams train. It is unbelievable when you look at this place, the Star in Frisco, yeah. and compare it. With
0: what the Rams facilities are out there, there is no comparison. Well, you know, speaking of that, how about Omari Cooper coming from Oakland yeah. to
3: this? He's coming. Right. Right? He's this like, is heaven, right? Why?
0: He, like, died and went to heaven, man. Because yeah. I could imagine the practice facilities in Oakland. It's only makeshift now because they're getting ready to move. And he had to They're m- not making my, any improvements. He was to thinking it. about dealing with that. So, they're not making any improvements. They're trying to build up. Uh, new facilities and stuff in Las Vegas. So he comes to this facility and says, oh, my God, and, and, <laughs> I, and know, can catch, look, I better catch some touchdowns because I want to stay here. And look
3: around, and he can find a place to live. I can't imagine where those players in Oakland live.
0: Oh, my God, and the cost of living out there compared mm-hmm. to here, no income tax and all that. Boy, right. he, he's uh, if you're not inspired by that right. move, then I'm – God bless you, man. God
3: he better be studying, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: All right, we continue with Drew Pearson here on the Cowboys
1: Legends show in just a moment. Back. Back. Oh, back. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Oh, big Ben struck midnight to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends show, broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco.
2: SWBC Mortgage more than 40 years, SWBC helping people, companies, and financial institutions prepare to win in Texas and across the country. Visit SWBC.com to learn more. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and Drew Pearson, our final segment here of the Cowboys Legend Show, and Danny Sarek with the wireless microphone. Hello, Danny. Hi, guys. Drew, the next question's from me because I'm curious. At the draft in Philly, when you went to announce the Cowboys picked and you trolled the Philly fans, which was fantastic. Was that spur of the moment, or were you kind of thinking of something you could say to them going up there?
0: No, I, uh, the, rea- the uh, way I deliver it, delivered it was spur of the moment. It's just a reaction to the boos, and <laughs> you get booed, Danny, you're going to react like that, too, okay? <laughs> especially in Philadelphia. Uh, but I had planned on saying what I said, uh, but I just didn't plan on delivering it that way. And I wanted to do a little more, you know, because, you know, I'm a wide receiver. This is national TV time. I'm going to take advantage of it, you know. And so I saw Harry Carson go up there, read the card, come right back. Uh, Clinton Portis go up there. They both got booed. He read the card and came right back. I said, I'm going to take a little more time and do it. But I didn't plan on delivering it that way. The delivery was spontaneous, and I just got so fired up. If they would have thrown me a cheesesteak, I would have caught it and spiked it <laughs> right there on that stage. <laughs> and all the onions and cheese would have went all over those Eagle fans. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 cheese whiz. Cheese whiz. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Drew, uh,
2: growing up in New Jersey, high school football in New Jersey, what kind of what was your football stadium
0: like? Oh God. Uh, pretty small. Yeah. Uh by about this time of year you're on dirt. Yeah. The grass is gone. Uh, the stands maybe up on the home field side, maybe uh, 10 rows high, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, it was more of a standing room only type crowd because uh, we didn't hardly give the visitors any stands, okay. We needed that part over there for practice field. But anyway, uh, we were a great team, and uh, South River High School football is very legendary. Mm-hmm. We have a Hall of Famer from South River, uh, Alex Wojahovitz. He was one of the seven blocks of granite at Fort Worth, at Fordham, Fordham. and then went on to play center for the New York Giants in his NFL Hall of Famer. And then, of course, we got Joe Theismann coming out of there and yours truly, Kenny Jackson, remember him from the Eagles, Uh, wide receiver, played at Penn State, number one draft choice, come out of South River. So he had a lot of tradition at South River High School. And if you're a boy growing up in South River, that was your dream to play for the South River High School Rams. And uh, so it was a big deal. I played. I started at my fr- sophomore year. Started at wide receiver. Joey was the quarterback. Then I started at safety on defense. We played nine games. We were undefeated for nine games. Unscored upon for six of those nine games. Wow. We were. Good team and Joey was a great quarterback. And I love he calls him Joey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, Joey, and he was the he'd be the first to tell you Joey how, how, how good he was. It was Theisman, not yeah. Thysman. <laughs> and uh, that story about Notre Dame had a chance to win the Heisman, change it to Thiesman to Thysman and Ryman Heisman. <laughs> and that was Joey starting that campaign. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that, that wasn't the PR it thing, It wasn't right? Notre Dame's athletic department or the PR department. Joey said, let's <laughs> he, do this. He was his own PR department. He certainly was. (laughs) And uh, still is. He still is. (laughs) And actually, you know, we text each other every once in a while, especially uh, before the Redskins and the Cowboys play, and it's it's all good-natured ribbing and all that. And uh, he's a good guy, but, we, you know, we had a good team. Then after he left, I moved in the quarterback. But while he was there, I started and played the whole game on Saturday afternoon on the varsity and then played the JV game on Monday – at quarterback to get mm. groomed at that position to play once Joey left. So I played two games in, in one week and was looking for a third. All right. So how about how about your grandson
2: <coughs> playing in an indoor high school football stadium yeah, here they, at Ford Center at the Star? Yeah, they play Tell us about
0: him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They play here tomorrow night. Frisco Lone yeah, Star their, High their, School. Their final two games are here at the Star, so that worked out good with this weather out there. But, yeah, he plays for Frisco Lone Star High School. He's the uh, starting uh, middle uh, outside linebacker. He's about 6'3", 180, 185, and he runs a 4'5", 40. And his name? His name is Torin Pittman, number 15. He's Kavika Pittman's son, who's a former Dallas Cowboy himself. And so, you know, Kavika's 6'6". Uh, his I brother, was
3: wondering where you got the
0: size and speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, got <laughs> you got that right, Mickey, because I had none of that. <laughs> and then his brother just graduated uh, from Lone Stars at Southeastern in, uh, in uh, Oklahoma and Durant. Durant. Yeah, so, but anyway, they got a big game coming up with Heritage. He's uh, got a good opportunity to play the next level. He's already heard from LSU, Boise State, Tulsa, uh, a few schools like that. So, uh Great head coach
2: there, Jeff Rayburn,
0: good Rayburn's coach. rayburn and yep. the defensive coordinator's done a great job. I think he's new this year. And uh, they're out – they, even though they have two losses, they're still giving up only about eight points a game. So, they're pretty stout defense. You sit in the stands? Uh, I sit – when we're at the star, I sit in the uh, end zone. where yeah. you walk right in. I stand right there. And I'm thinking nobody could hear me, but my daughters tell me, Dad, we hear you. <laughs> <up there." laughs> Tone it down a little, Dad, because I, I get really get into it. And now I know how my mom felt. You guys got kids playing football? Uh, <laughs> you know, when you watch them play, man, you're like, <gasps> yep. got all these anxieties. My mom could never watch me. Only time she came to play was when I made the Cowboys. Of course, <laughs> she wasn't the only relative that showed up for right. Cowboy <laughs> games <laughs> once I made the team. But man, I go there and I, I my stomach is nervous as I go there and I watch them and. Uh, just, uh, just want them to come out healthy, and I'm just glad that they're in a good program, and they do it the right way. You uh, ought to just come up here, tell them who you are, and go in the quarterback room there, and watch well, I it. Do. I come, up the window. I come up here at halftime. Hood, hood. Because <laughs> <laughs> those high school half times are 30 minutes Everybody's long. Everybody's got to oh, play, yeah. right? Everybody. Oh, you know, you know, yep. man. They're the longest team. thing. Right. So, everybody, my kids say, Where, where'd uh, dad go? I say, he's up at the club <laughs> having a Glenn Levin on the rock." So, what, are your grand- <laughs> <grand-ki->
2: <laughs> what do your grandkids think of the stairway over here, the Hail Mary stairway here yeah, at the they, Star? They
0: think all this stuff is pretty cool, you know. And then at the Star, they have high school pictures of a lot of the guys and they have my picture up there and so they think that's pretty cool then they go see the monument You know, the the number, uh, right? The number (laughs) monument. (laughs) The Ring of Honor walk. I call it a monument now, but it'll be my tombstone later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got your footprint there, right? I mean, footprints there, my handprint, and just need some ashes. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm thinking
3: you you, you go up and down them steps. There's three floors. Uh, If anybody hadn't been out here, it's a frame-by-frame shot, the video shot, basically, in frames.
0: Uh, as a picture of the Hail yeah. Mary catch, it's it's pretty it's, remarkable. It is. The first time I saw that, I almost broke out in tears, you know, mm-hmm. for the Cowboys to honor that play that way and somebody to think of it, to do it that way, is pretty special. And I think it actually is the highlight when people do tours through here. That's the highlight because no one's ever seen anything like that. Each photo stop uh, picture is depicted right there as you go up and down the steps and Man, if I had a house big enough, <laughs> I'd do the same thing, yeah. but I don't have any room in my home. Well, that. you know what we need to do is we need to get those Hall of Fame people over here to see it. Maybe yeah. they would understand right. what
3: they're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Right. We'll see about that. I ain't, you know what? I'm just p- proud to be a former Dallas Cowboy because I have had so many benefits, so many great things happen to me as a former Dallas Cowboy. And I, you know, what's it, 40 years or so since I played, you know, 30, 30, <laughs> no, some, 30, 30, 30 35, years, right? 40 cents to Hail Mary and yeah. all that. And, you know, I still get great opportunities. And, you know, if, if the Hall of Fame adds more to that, then, man, let's do it. But I'm, I'm happy as being a former member of the Dallas Cowboys and being in that Dallas Cowboy ring of honor. Who's going to be next in that ring of honor? That's a good question. I would say the uh, guy
3: in NFL Network. I just saw a story, and I, I guess it didn't work. He nominated you for the class of twenty uh, or twenty nineteen as the senior, and it didn't oh, happen because they had somebody else for uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's at least you Rob- got a
0: little, little closer anyway. Johnny Robinson, Robinson was there. isn't Gill up for the Hall right? uh, as yeah, a contributor is. this yep. year? Yeah. Contributor. He'll probably get in, and that should lead him into the Ring of Honor. Right. What do you think? Hope so.
2: Drew, we appreciate you joining us here on the Cowboys Legends Show. It's always great to have Drew Pearson here. We'll talk at you again next week.
0: Thank you.
1: Get ready for some football.